0: Hey everyone! Thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. So I want to talk to y'all tonight on the, the topic of failure to freedom. I heard I actually read a blog yesterday, and it just inspired this message. It spoke to me, and I want to share it with y'all. Um, but today, I just want to look at the, um, the apostle Peter, or the disciple Peter. Y'all know him, right? I want to look at his story tonight, and um, I feel like when I think of somebody who failed in the Bible big time, I, I can't think of anybody else other than Peter. I don't know. Maybe there's others, someone else you could think of, but... Peter is who comes to mind when I think about a big failure. Yeah. All right. But also, like, to a big comeback, too. Uh, so, I want to read y'all, read y'all in the book of John. Um, that's where I'm going to read most of the passages tonight. But the book of John, chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 15. So, this is the opening scripture I want to. Th- this is basically Peter's big uh, failure. All right. So, it's, it's when. Uh, when he denies Jesus. Y'all know, y'all know the story where he denies Jesus. So verse 15 says, Simon Peter followed Jesus as did another of his disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive groves with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. <clears throat> so that's like, man, if you think about that, like he was just walking with Jesus for three and a half years, like he was Jesus's right-hand man. And when, it came, when adversity came and when <laughs> the, the, the trials came, man, he was like, he denied him. And and uh, we could look at that and we could be like, "Man, shame on Peter. But how many times do we deny Jesus in our daily walk, right? Okay. And just kind of by by actions and different things that we do. But um, this is one of Peter's biggest failures, but it started way before this. That's what I want to talk about tonight. It it didn't just happen out of nowhere. It started before this, and I want to read the passages that led up to that point of his decision to deny Jesus. So let's look at the events that led up to it. In John 13, so we go back a little bit. That was John 18, so we'll go to John 13. And um, this is actually where Jesus actually foretells Peter's denial, and he says this in verse 36, 13, 36. says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? He questioned it. He said, I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Man, he just, Jesus just read his mail big time right there, right? He he exposed his heart. Um, But here's the thing. So I want to give y'all five points tonight. Like I I said, I'm talking about failure to freedom. So the first point I want to give y'all is failure happens when you are overconfident in your own strengths and abilities. Failure happens when you're overconfident in your own strengths and abilities. Have you ever known anybody who's just overconfident? (laughs) They're overconfident in, in everything. <clears throat> and you give them credit, you're like, I know, I know somebody, I'm like, man, if I had his confidence, half the confidence he had, I'd be the president of the United States right now. <laughs> like, you know people like that, right? Like, um, but I want to tell y'all something, that, that you're human. All of us are human. We're not superhuman. And, and we have to stop trusting in ourselves. Like, we have all the answers. Like, we're the strongest person in the world. Like, we could conquer anything, right? We have to stop, stop trusting in ourselves because we have that human nature. We have to only trust in the one who can never fail. You have to remember that. Yeah. Um, I remember this one time, uh, it was actually 11 years ago now, which is crazy to think about that. But um, I was doing, it was when we were doing an internship, uh, me and Mondo and Josh were doing an internship in Louisiana and uh, we took a beach trip to Destin, Florida. If you've ever been there, it's beautiful. Um, But there was one night, the very last night, we were there for a whole week, or just about a whole week, and the very last night we were there, um, the leaders allowed us to just spend all night and just kind of like hang out and stay up all night and like uh, do whatever we wanted to do, basically, like just roam the town. And so it was like, I guess it was like tradition for all the interns to rent scooters, to go out and rent scooters and just kind of be on scooters all night. And I remember one... uh, what happened was, <laughs> there's this girl who rented a scooter that came to our church, and she had a scooter. And I didn't rent a scooter, I didn't, I didn't get myself one, but I, I went up to her scooter, I was like, hey, let me try it. And she's like, no, you have to like learn how to, how to ride it first. And I was like, I was like do you know who I am? <laughs> and so I got on that scooter, and she's like, all right. She's like, go ahead, try it. I got on it without ever riding a scooter in my life. I turned the gas, and it just, the scooter takes off, and this, keep in mind, this is in front of about 30 other young people, all right? And I go straight into the side of a parked van and just crash that scooter, man. The most humiliating time of my life, man. And I wish I, it didn't happen. I wish I could forget all about it, but it's still there just at the back of my mind that that happened. Um, <clears throat> but what happened? I was overconfident. And of course, it just led to, it led, led to embarrassment. But how many times can we be overconfident like that in something yeah. And it leads to our failure. Yeah. That, that was that was Peter's... Th- this is what led to Peter's failure. He was overconfident in his own strength, his own abilities. Um, you can be overconfident in anything. You could be overconfident in money. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be overconfident thinking, hey, I could just spend here, I could spend there without budgeting. And if you, if you don't break those, those habits, a- at one point in time, it could be a financial failure for your life. Um, you could be... Um, Overconfident in a relationship, thinking it's always gonna be there, you take it for granted. Um, You could be overconfident in your purity, thinking, oh, you know what, I won't ever go that far, I wouldn't ever allow myself to go that far. You could be overconfident uh, in your job, thinking, I've known people who are overconfident in their job thinking that they will never get fired and they just show up whenever they wanna show up or they they don't work as hard as as someone else and they end up getting fired. you could be overconfident with your health Mm -hmm. thinking I could, I could eat whatever I want and (laughs) right. And, um, and thinking like, Hey, like nothing's ever going to happen to me. I'm young. Right. Um, and you got to think about that stuff. And a lot of times we could have the thought of, Oh, it it could never happen to me, Mm -hmm. but that was, that was what, was wrong with Peter? That was that was his thing. Is he he never thought it could happen to him? He never thought he would be able to deny Jesus. He never thought he would fail in his faith until the time came that he actually failed. Uh, has anyone here ever been in a, a car like a car accident? Not like a fender bender, but like a major car accident. <clears throat> Good. I hope nobody ever does. All right. Um, the Lord be with you guys. But I want to tell you, I've been in a couple of major car accidents, too, to be exact, and. Man, nothing will ruin your confidence and your driving skills like getting in a major car accident. <clears throat> Many times you could be like, oh, I don't need my seatbelt. Or, oh, you know what, I could just text, like nothing's gonna happen to me. Like, oh, I, I'm confident in, my, in what I'm doing. Until bam, someone just T-bones you, right? Um, and I'm telling you guys, that's happened to me before, and now I'm careful. Like, I'm making sure my seatbelt's on. I have kids in my car now. I'm very... I'm not overconfident at all in my driving skills. Um, did you know that, in just in history in general, in like in ancient times, like castles and, and things like that, castles, um, they were either attacked or conquered where there was nobody, no, nobody on guard. Like... It, it was during times where there was no, nobody on guard where they were actually attacked and conquered. And I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure as the people inside or the leaders of those castles and those cities were so overconfident that they would never be attacked, never be conquered, that they didn't think that they needed the manpower mm-hmm. to guard their, their cities or their, councils, or their castles until they actually got conquered. So I like the scripture in Proverbs 4. It says, uh, guard your heart above all else. determines the course of your life and that's the thing I know when when, with with a lot of times with when we are young it's easy to be overconfident when you're young right (laughs) you think you're going to live forever you think nothing uh, nothing could harm you you think you're strong enough especially in faith a lot of times we could have it's called like um, it's like being like being zealous like Uh, like you're on fire. You're like, you know, like, hey, I I could do anything through Christ who strengthens me. You know that uh, God is with you and a lot of times you're just trusting into your own strength and you put yourself in a situation where you don't realize you could fall. And that was me actually when I I first gave my heart to God. I would think like, oh, you know what? That would never happen to me. Or you know what? I could could put myself in that situation and I'll be strong enough until I had to learn the hard way. Um, But here's Peter. Peter... Said he was ready to die, or another translation says, "I'll I'll be ready to be imprisoned for you, Lord." Um, but he didn't realize that his heart was overconfident in his own strength. He, he wasn't trusting in the strength of the Lord. He was trusting in his own physical strength, and uh, we're gonna read about it in a moment where he actually slashes off that guy's ear. But Peter was a brawler. Like he was, he probably was strong. He was probably a, he was a fisherman. He probably had big forearms, he probably had big arms. Like He was probably just a brawler. He knew how to fight, right? Um, So Peter was actually ready to fight, but he wasn't ready to die. Uh, He probably thought, so when he was in the garden, we're gonna read about it in a second, he probably thought, I know my strength, I know what I'm capable of, I know I could take these dudes. Until the guy with all the power, Jesus, (laughs) to do miracles, surrendered himself. And he says, all right, I'm the, here I am, take me. And the rest of the disciples also deserted Jesus. That's when he realized, uh, I don't think I'm ready to die, Peter. Um, he probably thought, like, yeah, I was ready to die when I thought Jesus was going to fight, but now that I know Jesus is not going to fight, <laughs> I'm not ready to die. Um, we've all seen those scenarios in movies where, like, there, there's the, the little guy, and he's talking trash, Right and to, to a group or a gang. But the only reason he's talking trash is because his bigger brother, bigger, stronger brother's there. We've seen those, I can't think of any like, specific movie, but we've seen those scenarios in movies until the big brother is not there anymore. And then the, that gang comes in and beats that kid up right, for talking trash. That was kind of like Peter right there. <laughs> um, but you might think you're ready to die for Christ or you'll give up anything for Jesus right now. Until something in life's life makes you doubt who he really is. Mm-hmm. And that was Peter's scenario. He would, thought he was ready to die for Jesus until he realized Jesus was probably not who he thought he was. See, the whole time he thought Jesus was gonna have an earthly kingdom when he didn't realize it was a, a heavenly kingdom. Yeah. And so when he realized, hey, he gave his life over to those soldiers to be crucified, he was like, man, Jesus is not who I thought he was. So it changed his mind about everything. And that could very well be us in our faith um, but I want y'all to get this, that everything in the kingdom is opposite. Like the, like Jesus said, if you want to be a leader, you must be a servant. He says, if you want to be blessed, you have to be a blessing. If you want to receive, give. If you want to live, die. Y'all yeah, have heard that before, right? Jesus say those things in, in the scripture. Um, And he's telling us, if you want to live, if you want to gain your life, you have to be willing to die. You have to kill your selfish desires. You have to kill and stop going your way. Die to your own way so that you could trust in him. Um, uh, In John 18, we're going to go back there and I'm going to read this story now to y'all. John 18, verse four. Um, This is when when he's actually going into the garden. It says, Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked Jesus, the Nazarene. They replied, I am he, Jesus said. Now Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. And Jesus said, I am he. As Jesus said, I am he. They all drew back and fell to the ground. I think that's so awesome right there because Jesus didn't even have a sword. He didn't need a sword. All he had was his word and they fell to the ground. Um, Verse eight says, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. He did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the father has given me? So Peter was, I mean, he was ready to brawl. He was ready to fight. But here's number two. Okay, so number one was failure happens when you're overconfident in your own strength and abilities. Number two is failure happens when you fight physically what has to be fought spiritually. Now, this one's huge because us as Christians in our our human nature, we always want to handle natural situations with natural solutions. And I'm telling you, that's something that we misunderstand all the time. We have to understand that spiritual causes happen before natural effects. There's always something spiritual happening before we actually see the natural thing come into place. Uh, If you look at what's going on in our nation, this nation um, is only going further and further away from God. It's only going further and further away from the biblical principle. Principles it was founded on, but uh, I want y'all to know something that it's it's not just something that's happening on the surface. There's something that's going way beyond the surface. It's spiritual. There's a lot of things that are happening spiritual before they're happening physically or in the natural. And I believe it's because a lot of Christians have chosen to stop fighting spiritually. A, lo- a lot of Christians have just chosen to to not really intercede and not really pray. And a, a lot of times. When, we're like, oh yeah, I do pray for the government. I do pray for people, but kind of just like shallow prayers. I know I'm guilty of that, mm-hmm. um, but but God has challenged me to go deeper in my intercession and prayer for this nation. Um, but uh, another another example was like the woman with the issue of the, uh, the issue of blood in the Bible. It says that she was she went from doctor to doctor. She was she was she spent all that she had trying to get healed from that that uh, bleeding internal bleeding that she had. And it wasn't until she touched the hem of Jesus' robe that she was actually healed. What she didn't realize is she was trying to fight a a spiritual battle physically. So all that was happening to her. And I like the way Jesus, he did this many times. After he healed somebody, he would always say, go for your sins are forgiven. Right? But after he healed them. And everybody was confused about that. They're like, why is he forgiving sins? Like, what does it have to do with, I mean, them being healed, what they didn't realize is he was actually taking care of the spiritual part before the natural part. Yeah. See, he was more concerned with what was going on in their hearts rather than just so much in their bodies. Yeah. Um, so because the spiritual cause, you have to realize this had to be dealt with in order for the natural effects to change. Spiritual causes have to be dealt with in order for your natural effects change to change. In Luke 22, um, we can read about this in Peter's life too. This is another example. Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So we're talking about failure, right? And here we go. This is the spiritual part. He, Jesus is saying, he's exposing it. He's saying, hey, Satan has asked for you. The spiritual a, the, actually, that word asked, it's uh, actually translated, it should be translated demanded, which means that Satan actually had access to Peter and the disciples' lives. Like they had an open door for Satan to actually come in. And Jesus says, he's asked for you, which means that his per, the permission was actually granted, like it was actually able to happen. Um, but he says, but I, Jesus said, he says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you. And he says that uh, your faith should not fail. He says, so when you have repented, we're we're gonna talk about that in a moment, and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. Verse 33 says, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you, and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, he would deny three times that you even know me. So um, spiritual darkness was actually going on in Peter's life that he didn't realize behind the scenes he didn't realize that here here he was he was thinking he was just following jesus doing everything he was supposed to do he didn't realize that the spiritual darkness that was going on behind the scenes that satan had actually asked for him Um, also he didn't know that spiritual light was interceding for him just as satan was coming against him spiritually jesus was for him So we have to remember that, too, behind the scenes. That's what's going on. There's a battle that's going on, um, if you realize it or not. (laughs) There's a battle going on right now, like in in this home. There's a battle when you go home and you go to sleep. There's a battle outside your window, spiritual battles that are going on for your life. Um, And many times we could have the heart that says, you know what? I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to do this my way but I'm confident I will succeed this time because I'm gonna try my hardest. I'm gonna get it right this time. Have you ever had those thoughts? Yeah. I know I have before. I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be the last time I ever did that. Yeah. And you try to do it in your own human effort <laughs> without realizing, hey man, there's just something spiritual going behind, behind the scenes yeah. and I'm trying to fight something spiritually but in a physical way. Yeah. So doing things our way instead of God's way, it, it sets us up for failure. You yeah, have to remember that. Um, Here's another thing, Matthew 16. Here's another example of Peter. Matthew 16, verse 21 says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. So he was telling his disciples, hey, this is gonna happen to me. This is what's gonna happen. So don't be shocked when it happens. Verse 22, it says, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him or correct him for saying such things. So man, you had to be so full of yourself to correct Jesus, right? (laughs) Um, He says, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter, check this out, and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous, dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. That's the thing, not from God's. Then Jesus said to, oh, I'll read this in a second, but see, Peter didn't want to hear that. Like I mentioned a moment ago, he followed Jesus. He was sold on Jesus saying, this is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel and he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. And I want to be right there with him next to, next to him. He showed me the miracles. I believe in him. I want to follow him. But when it wasn't happening like he expected, his thoughts changed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so at some point in your walk with Jesus, I'm going to tell you this. You will think this is not how I thought things were going to go. Jesus, I didn't think it was going to go like this. I didn't think it was going to take this long. I didn't think I was going to fall like that something's gonna come up in your life where you have those thoughts. It's not gonna be all, I mean, great for you all the time, all right? Verse 24 says, um, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. I think that's interesting that Jesus said that popular phrase right after he rebuked Peter. Right after he rebuked Peter, he says, Peter, he says, If you want to be my disciple, you must give up your selfish ways and follow me. See, Peter had an ulterior motive, maybe a following Jesus. But Jesus has yet to be really willing to die. Verse 25 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That's really powerful right there. But, um, but little did Peter know that on the other end of Jesus's trial that he was about to go to, go through was his triumph. But Peter couldn't see that. He couldn't see what was going on behind the scenes. Um, it was a spiritual battle and we have to remember that. I remember hearing a story a few years ago of this woman who was, um, she was at a mall or outside of a store or something, a department store and this, uh, she was walking to her car in the parking lot and this, uh, this stranger, this man came up to her. He had a gun. and He tried to rob her. Um, and what she did it completely amazed me and it amazed a lot of people who saw the video, but um, she tells him and she says, uh, in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. And the guy took off, ran away scared. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, the name of Jesus is so powerful, right? If you think about that, um, it, it's... That, that story amazes me because it's a it 's a spiritual battle. you had to realize the devil was trying to take, take from her, steal from her, kill her, and she used the name of Jesus right The name of Jesus conquers all it trumps all. Um, one of the things that frustrates me the most is when i 'm on the phone with my mom and i 'm um, telling her about what 's going on like uh, with my kids or something or my kids are going through something and uh, she always she always has the same response she's like well Stevie she's like you need to pray <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind I don't tell her this but in my mind I'm like that's not what I want to hear you know what I'm like <laughs> I'm like I want like I want you to tell me something else I want you to tell me like oh yeah like we'll do this or do that or try this or try that and in my mind I'm like thinking like you know what I do pray <laughs> like I, I like I do pray I always pray for them um but, but God actually had to correct me and he had to challenge me on this and he, he, had to, he had to tell me recently, actually, Stephen, do you really pray like you should? Do you really intercede for your kids like you should? Yeah. And so he had to correct me in it and I had to be honest with myself. I'm like, you know what? I, not the way I should. Yeah. And, um, but I, I know what my mom was saying when she says that. She's saying, hey, it's something spiritual. fight spiritually (laughs) like start praying and with spiritual warfare like don't look at this from a human point of view like look at this from a spiritual point of view and it always has to put me in check (laughs) and i don't like it but right Mm -hmm. Um, but being a parent it's reminded me time and time again that it that we're in a spiritual battle and like seeing my kids, when they, if they go through something, if they're going through torment, like even at night, like having dreams and stuff. And I realized, man, it's something spiritual that they're going through. Uh, and I'm also, I'm convinced that kids are more sensitive to the supernatural than adults are. They really are. Like they, they're more sensitive. Um, I remember la- this time last year, or right before the pandemic happened, um, Trelawney, my wife told me, that her and Ezra, where they came out late at night for a midnight snack, I don't know what they're doing. They came outside into our living room here and, and Ezra made a comment, he's like, wow, mom. He's like, he's like, look at all the people in our house. And she was like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. She kinda of freaked her out. She's like, look at all the people. And she's like, well, are they good or they're bad? She's like, he, he says, no, they're good, they're good people. And, he, and she asked him, she's like, well, what, what do they look like? Like, what color are they? And he said, they're pink. They're pink people mom and and so we, she looked it up just like a people having supernatural experiences with angels and many of them said that the angels that they saw were were like a translucent pink so we're like wow like that like it was right before the pandemic happened and i knew when when that when he told me that i knew god was setting setting us up for something for something good like that he had our back that he was here with us even through that whole tough year that everybody went through last year um but yet, kids are, kids are just more sensitive, right? Um, but it's a spiritual thing that we're going through. And um, <clears throat> lately, Ezra's... He's been saying this phrase, and I had to correct him on it, but I don't... Like kid, you know, kids pick up stuff from everywhere, like from videos they watch, and uh, he might have gotten it from his cousins or something, but he's been saying, he's been saying, I'm going to poop on you. <laughs> that's like his phrase. Like, that's like his... Man, uh, like his cut down or something like his... <laughs> And I don't know where he got it from, but we had to, we had to correct him lately, and he keeps saying that. Um, but yesterday, actually yesterday, me and him, we every morning, or just about every morning, we, try, we put on this Bible, kids' Bible show, Bible show called Super Book. And um, yesterday, it was, it was an episode where the disciples and Jesus were on the boat, and they were at sea, and there was a huge storm going on. And the, uh, this, the series is really cool. It showed the devil, <clears throat> And he was behind the storm. He was behind the sea and, and scaring the disciples. And Jesus rebuked the wind, right? And you don't rebuke, you don't rebuke wind. Yeah. You rebuke spirits. That's what Jesus was doing. He was, it was a spiritual thing that was happening. So he rebuked the spirit because uh, the 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 spirit behind the storm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Ezra made a comment after that. He was looking at it. He's like, "I'll poop on the devil." <laughs> <laughs> and I told him. I said, "I was like." That'll work. <laughs> I said, actually, dude, I was like, that wouldn't do anything. <laughs> and he was like, he looked at me, and I was like, that would do nothing at all. I was like, yeah, the only way you could fight the devil is spiritually, through God's, through the Bible, I was telling him, I was trying to explain to him, through the word of God, through prayer, and he was just like looking at me like, he was, he was getting it though, what I was telling him. But I was like, dude, that's not gonna do anything for you, man. <laughs> um, I remember too, uh, some of me and Troll know they, had, they told us that they, they were outside just one evening just chilling, and they saw a really dark figure just running at them full speed. And then it just disappeared. And they got freaked out, they went inside and they got their gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Trelawney uh, told him, she was like, hey, that gun's not gonna do anything for you, that was a demon. <laughs> she told him that. And, um, but I'm telling you, how many times do we try to fight spiritual battles physically? At yeah. what we say, what we do through our own human effort. And we don't use the word of God. We don't rely on the Holy Spirit. We don't pray in the Spirit, right? And we think that God's just going to move on our behalf. Or you think that everything's just going to work out fine without you, hey, having to rise up and fight spiritually. Yeah. So I want to ask you tonight, what are you going through right now that you're trying to fight physically? When you should be fighting spiritually. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is forgiveness happens when you have a heart of repentance, not a heart of regret. See, here's Peter. He he had this big failure. But you have have to look at this. Not only did he have a big failure, there's another disciple who had a really big failure at this time, too. So Peter is the one that I'm singling out right now. But actually, there's another um, disciple, which we read about, too, Judas. This was the exact same time. Judas had a huge failure. He actually went to the Pharisees. They paid him money to betray Jesus. This Jesus, he was walking by Jesus' side the entire time, three and a half years, with the rest of the disciples, hearing his teachings, watching his miracles, and he goes and does this. So both of them have similar situations, but they have very different outcomes in their lives. Um, The way you respond to your failures, whether they're big or small, will determine the outcome of your destiny. So here's the thing. Here's here's the difference. Judas regretted what he did, but Peter was repentant about what he did. There's a big difference. See, this is what happened. Judas regretted it, which is why he came to the Pharisees. He brought the money back. So he was sorry for what he did, but he was more sorry because of the personal consequences, maybe the guilt that it brought him. Yeah. Because the Bible says that what he did was he went out and he, he hung himself. Yeah. He committed suicide. Yeah. He allowed that regret to lead to his destruction. Yeah. And this is every failure that we have, we are faced with these two decisions, either regret or repentance. Yeah. And however long you stay in those either two mindsets, or having those hearts would lead, lead you to your destiny. So you got to think about it, man. All the people who've, that I know that who have given up their life or like who've taken their life, I'll put it in those words, because of regret or because of a bad decision they made and the enemy lied to them, but if only they realized the, the Savior who loved them, who wanted to restore them, who was ready to forgive them, right? So Peter, though, on the other hand, could have lived with this regret, but he decided to respond with repentance, which led to forgiveness. And here's the thing. Some people are only sorry because they get caught. They're not truly sorry. I like the way uh, 2 Corinthians seven, ten puts it. It says, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and it results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. That's pretty good right there. See, so regret is, is feeling sorry about what you have done and the personal consequences. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, uh, me, I always remember, I always was in a sin cycle In my teenage years, um, but it was mostly uh, I was only sorry because of the personal consequences or getting caught or whatever, and not really a a true repentance. Repentance now, on the other hand, is feeling sorry for what you did to bring shame on the name of Christ. That's the difference. You got to think about the story with the prodigal son. It says that after he finished sinning and doing all that, he hit his lowest of lows, And then he came to his senses, right? And he realized that he had sinned against his father and against God. And that's when he decided to go back. So repentance leads us to a life pleasing to God, not pleasing to man. Mm -hmm. Repentance leads us to live a life pleasing to God. So that's the third thing. Now, the fourth thing is forgiveness leads us To restoration. Forgiveness leads us to restoration. John 21, we're going to continue with Peter. This is the last scripture I'm going to show y'all. Verse 15. So this is after Jesus rose from the dead. Um, Peter actually gave up the ministry. He decided to go back to his old life. Not of sin, but just of fishing. Back to his old occupation. um, Which he hadn't fished in a long time. So he goes back and he fished. And he didn't catch, he doesn't catch anything all night. And then Jesus comes to the shore. He asks them a question and they realize it's Jesus. They uh, leave their nets behind. They leave their boat, jump into the uh, ocean and they swim to Jesus. I know the story, right? So uh, verse 15, I'm gonna pick up there. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know, I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know, I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that he asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. You know what I just thought of? It's kind of interesting to me that Peter denied Jesus three times and then Jesus asked him the question three times. I wonder if there's any significance to that. But many times um, after we fail, we desire for things just to go back to normal. We desire to be restored back to a position or for things just to be restored to normal. But here's the thing. Jesus was not concerned with restoring Peter to a position. He knew who Peter was. He knew who he called him to be. That never changed. Jesus and God's greatest desire is for you to be restored to his love. You have to remember that. After a failure or after a sin or something the only concern God has with it is that you're restored to his love not to a position not to what everybody else what everybody else thinks about you no it's a matter of hey are you sorry for what you did really truly do you have a heart of repentance Mm -hmm. do you realize how much God loves you that he doesn't want you to go back to that So God wants us to be restored to his love and forgiveness leads to restoration. And then the fifth and final thing is freedom comes through the Holy Spirit. So just a few weeks later after this, after this encounter with Jesus that that Peter had, he was restored to his love. A few weeks later, Peter and 119 other believers were in the upper room and that's when the Holy Spirit came and he came as tongues of fire and everybody started speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit, right? And that's another key is praying in the spirit leads to freedom as well. Mm-hmm. Praying in the spirit. Some of us, the only time we pray in the spirit is when you're ordering a drink at Starbucks and you're kind of have a, sh- a shakabala latte and that's the only thing you say, right? <laughs> but other than that, you don't, you don't pray in the spirit. But I'm telling you, praying in the spirit is a complete game changer. Praying in the spirit because that's the Holy Spirit praying through you. The power of God praying through you and freedom comes through the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. Peter chose to leave his past behind, chose to leave his failures behind. Yes. And he preached the best message of his life after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And 3000 people came to know Christ that day. I don't know of any other time where 3,000 people got saved in one day. I don't know. Maybe there was, but I don't know about it. Um, But I know this message is called failure to freedom, but freedom is not the goal. Being close to Jesus is the goal. And freedom is just a byproduct of being close to Jesus. I like the scripture where it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. So get wherever the Holy Spirit is, right? And that's where your freedom is. But you have to put your trust in him. Stop trusting in your own strength. Stop trusting in your own righteousness. Stop trusting in all those other things. Trust in the one who would never fail you, the one who would never leave you. Amen. Amen. So at this moment, let's just bow, bow our heads. Let's close our eyes and we're gonna just pray. I thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word, God. Your word is alive. It's powerful. God, is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. God, I thank you that your word is cutting, God, things in our lives, God, that don't need to be there. God, your word is the only book that can read us. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, God, that you're, you're working, you're doing things that only you can do, God, in our hearts. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just expose us, God. Anything in our hearts, God, any bit of pride, any bit of self-righteousness and overconfidence. God, I pray that you reveal that to us, God. God, just as your word says, point out anything in me that offends you. God, let that be our prayer tonight. God, we don't want anything that that's getting in the way, Lord, from hearing you. God, we don't want any idols in our life. God, we want you and only you, Jesus. And we surrender to you, we yield to you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that you're, you're moving on our behalf. God, in the spirit, even though we can't see it, God. You're doing things in our lives. You're setting us up, Lord, for success. God, you're setting us up, Lord God, to be used by you. God, you're preparing us, you're, you're preparing our hearts. Lord, you're, you're bringing things up in our hearts to surface, God. God, because we thank you that the, the plan you have for each and every individual here, God, is even mightier and greater than we could even think, God, or imagine. And I pray, Lord, that you open up our eyes to that truth, God. God, let our ears and, and our hearts be in tune with you, Holy Spirit, each and every day, God, as we leave here, God, let us leave here encouraged, strengthened, God, in our faith, strengthen in our spirits, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless podcast.